This is Hard Parking brought to you by Right Honda, Right Toyota, out of Scottsdale, Arizona. I am your host, Jay Finning, in studio, finally, after begging this dude. Here he is sitting in front of me, the man, the legend. The police love him. Public enemy number one, Mr. Charles of Clean Enough. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. How you like that intro? Oh, it was pretty good, you know? You know, you forgot Kingpin, but we'll leave it there. You know, I thought I'd let you tell that story. Uh, there's a lot of listeners who don't know that story. They don't watch, you know, One Drink Wednesday, unfortunately, with myself, Wes Tankersley, and we might as well list you as kind of a special third guest host or something because you pop in when you can. Yeah, I try to as much as my schedule allows. As much as your schedule allows. So we're going to talk about your clean enough journey, talk about local car meets. We can talk about the gas prices. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Right now, we're both sipping on some Blue Moons. We are very uh, distinguished gentlemen. Got my pinky up and everything. Pinky up. Speaking of pinky ups, Charles, you ever go off-roading? Oh, yeah. Well, you probably don't know about 4 Online, but I'm going to tell you, for over a decade, 4 Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Their truck products cover everything to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. Need a wheel and tire package? Head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires so we get outfitted today. Visit them online at 4 Wheel Online. That's 4, like the number, wheel singular online, or call them at 813-769-2451. That was pretty solid, man. That was pretty solid. Thanks. Um, had some excitement. Coming over here today, did you? Oh, yeah. People not paying attention. They like to back up in the vehicles and then leave the scene. No, not in Arizona. So what what happened? Walk us through it. Well, couldn't really tell you much because I walked inside the gas station. My vehicle was fine. Walked back out. Car was hit. And no one was to be found. No shit. Yeah, you showed it to me and it was it was a rusted. <laughs> it was, whatever hit you was rusted. Yeah, it was probably a Dodge Ram. Sounds about right. Probably Dodge Ram. Probably was probably from uh, the Northeast or something. Yeah, he's probably, you know, sitting around, driving around, you know, with the Gen 3 Cummins. Sitting there, oh, yeah, look at my truck. And then he slaps a new car. <laughs> yeah, I was always told to stay away from cars from the, the Northeast because of rust. We moved here from Michigan like nine years ago now. Can't believe I've been here for nine years. We had an Audi, an Infiniti, and another Audi. And my son took the, the 2002 Audi B6 red to get um, an alignment at, uh, I forgot the name of the place. But anyway, they wouldn't, they couldn't because they would break the suspension because it was rusted. But they charged them anyway. Sounds about right. Welcome to Arizona. Yeah. So that's the last, uh, yeah. So I get it. And I have a good friend who works on cars and does all my window tinting. Uh, shout out to P&H Protection in uh, Chandler. But. He's, he won't touch a car if it's been from the east. It's pretty shitty. Yeah, I'm from uh, the east coast, as you know, also uh, from New York. And there's a couple times where I've been tempted with a couple cars there, but nah, it's just not worth it. The it's salt hard, and everything. It's just so hard on cars versus Arizona. Uh, if you're thinking about moving here, don't. Um, but the cars here, they stay a lot nicer. So why, why did you say if you're thinking about moving here, don't? Arizona is full. We are, Arizona's for, yeah, we, no more. Stay away. Like, our highways are starting to turn into California, and we don't want that. Yeah, so what you're trading is you're trading the possibility of rust and salt. Well, salt causes the rust for, like, microscopic meteor showers. Yeah. Because uh, when I first moved here with the NSX that I no longer have, I go on my first road cruise, and that thing looks like a freaking uh, planetarium. Yeah, it's, it was bad, man. Especially on a black car. It's like, what the fuck, man? What the fuck? A lot of people don't realize, but for some reason, Arizona is so known for rock chips yeah. and random hail. It'll be perfectly sunny, and then it'll get a little cloudy, and next thing you know, you have hail. So it's it's the end of May, early June, and we're coming up on the, uh, like the monsoon season. And they're saying it's going to be really bad this year, like really bad. And like the first year I moved here, I feel like we almost got flooded into our own house. Every street around here was flooded, but fortunately we weren't. But I, I'm not sure what to expect this year. Yeah, this year's been uh, very weird. Mm-hmm. It seems like Arizona's very emotional and it's not shedding tears yet. Yeah, it's, I mean, when it, when it, because well, it, well, it rained a few months ago 
but it was weird because it's not it, like it only rains here during the monsoon season. And it really wasn't even a monsoon hit. Yeah. It um, was like sprinkle a little salt bay on it and then walk away. We went out of town and it got it got hit pretty hard. Uh, tell us about the East Coast, man. Tell tell me a little bit more about you because you can't really talk that much about yourself when we're at Fuel Fest, when we're at one of your events, and just a bunch of noise going on. Like, tell me who you are. Uh, so a lot of people don't actually get to know this side, so I will be happy to share this with you. And and the beautiful listeners. Yes, of course. Should I give you some more liquor? So we're drinking beers, like I said earlier, and I'm gonna slide them some shots of some shit and see if we can loosen them up. See what kind of crazy shit he tells us. Maybe. Takes a little bit. I am a heavy drinker. <laughs> Not really. Prove it. But um, no, I mean, I'm from the East Coast. You know, I was raised to a certain ment- uh, method of life. Uh, military dad. And then my stepdad came along, and he was even more strict than a military dad. Mm. So it kind of cultivated my life to where everything I do, I have to do it in a perfectionist way. So that's why... If, People are like, oh, my God, his, you know, shows are organized. It's not because they're organized. It's because I'm a perfectionist. And even then, it's not good enough in my eyes. Right. All because, you know, I really want to give people such a persona of an enjoyment that they don't realize what's going on in my mind. And nobody will, obviously, unless you're telepathic. Maybe, Jay, I don't know. I'm trying to read his brain right now as he talks. (laughs) But no, um... It just kind of stemmed, you know, perfectionist persona from my dad. and uh, My dad is my stepdad. I call him that. Uh, difficult past with my real dad. But, you know, a difficult past brings a better person out. And that's where when I moved to Arizona, it just it brought out a whole new person. I moved here. I immediately fell in love with the type of cars out here. For one, they weren't rusted. Right. See that, or they weren't covered by snow. Right. And recently I lost a good friend of mine uh, that actually really got me into the car scene. And a lot of people don't realize, like, the car scene in Arizona is so precious. It's not like any other culture. Just because Arizona car community culture is so deep and vast, and literally you could know one person, I guarantee that one person can introduce you to 15 more other people that you know. But you didn't know they knew him. And that's right. how easy it is. It's so weird. It's like a small town, but um, it just kind of got me to love it. And so, you know, originally I started a brand here with somebody else, and it went really good. We blew up together. And then, I don't know, I kind of wanted to shift gears and work with the community more. Obviously, I got arrested for it, working more. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into that story. But, you know... uh. I just, I'm always about working hard and providing nothing but the best for people. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I love what I do. I mean, there's no better way to describe it. If you don't love what you do, you're doing the wrong thing. Well, <laughs> I'm on record of saying I don't like, I don't, I don't enjoy what I do for work, but I'm, I'm, I don't even think I'm that good at it, but I'm, there's not a lot of people like me that do what I do. And so I take advantage of that and make the money and then try to find other things to kind of occupy my time so I don't have to sit there and be like, you know what? I don't like my job. Well, I mean, I don't like my real job. My real job, you know, I'm a machinist uh, with my family. I love my family to death, but I'm definitely not a guy that sits behind a machine and just pushes buttons all day. Granted, it's it's making cool off-road parts for people, you know, that are in the UTV world, like, you know, the 1,000cc cam, uh, Can-Ams and stuff like that. It's cool. But my deepest passion has always been cars. I Especially if you can get a V8 around me, something about a V8, V10, and V12, absolute, it's, it's, it's game-changing. Like nothing, there's nothing that sounds like those. No. And truthfully, I would rather hear, you know, an old-school stroker just sitting there going by, whoa, 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 whoa. It's Immediate chills. And Arizona is full of it. Arizona is full of strokers. Yep. All the strokers. And not only that, you know, you got your rich guys, you know, with the Lamborghinis. Uh, You got some cool ones, like, you know, obviously one of the cars I sponsor, Chaz, with his Aventador. What you don't know is LP400. 
It's an absolute crazy sounding car. If you've never heard of LP400 versus a regular Venador, it's it's a game changer. I mean, just the sound of them when they fly by, it's like, it's almost like bald eagles, but a little better. I always have a hard time deciphering between a Lamborghini and a, 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 a speed bike, a road bike, a crotch rocket from a distance. Because uh, they have that, they both have that high pitch whine. You're like, wait, what is that? Is that a, well, that, no, I think that's actually a car. You can kind of tell. It's kind of like music symphonies. If you really listen to music, you can kind of pick out different tones. Right. Lamborghini is so distinct, especially if they got like Gintani tuned or Sheepy Race tuned. Like, that exhaust note is just so different. You can't even describe it sometimes when it flies by. If you say so, I want to go back to something. Yes, sir. Um, tough with your father. How so? I don't want to make you break down here, but oh no! I if I'm wondering, down. other people are wondering too. Uh, so I had a really rough past with my father. Um, you know, he's an ex-Marine. He got discharged dishonorably. Alcoholic after he got dishonorably discharged. Mm, right. I don't know. He never fully got back to himself, and he was very, very abusive. Um, many times, I've almost lost my mother because of it. You know, I verbally and physically, every way you could every ever way think, you could of. think of. Yeah, and you know, as a child growing up around that, it was it was hard. Only child, siblings. Uh, I'm the youngest of technically six brothers. Okay, but only one of them is my real brother. All the rest are my stepbrothers, but. You know, when you, you get so close to, you know, your step family, you forget to even use the word step. Oh, yeah, I get it. And thankfully, you know, I have a stepfather that stepped in. He didn't have to. I was a rough kid, you know, like I was always fighting. I was always doing stuff that I shouldn't have. You know, it's, it's I'm thankful for him because he took the initiative to make such a great man out of me, a great husband, a great father. And every day I'm grateful for that. I think people don't really understand or grasp how big of a deal it is for a parent, whether it's the stepmother or stepfather, to step into a situation, no pun intended, because now you're dealing with someone else's kid, even though you want to treat it like you're most people. If you're, if, you're any, if you're any good at being a parent, you don't care if it's your stepkid or your natural kid. But it's, just, it's, it's hard to like, – the bond is never going to be the same. And my wife and I go back and forth on that because both my kids are my stepkids, but I've had them since they were like five and seven. They're yeah. 25 and 23 right now. They've, they've never called me stepdad. They don't call me Jay. They've always called me dad. I mean, my daughter, she was pissed off once and she said, you're not my dad, but I expected that. Uh, like my wife was upset about it. I was like, why are you upset? Shit. I'm adopted, man. I, who knows what the kind of shit I said to my parents, you know? <laughs> but other than that, it's just like, it's just, it's so, it's, because they have a special bond with her yeah. that I'm never going to have with them, even though I try. I cry. I could have done better at some point in the past, but I like the structure. I'm not military, but people think I am. But that's why I kind of asked you that because, you know, you hear that a lot with the, with the military family, the military dads, and it's just almost like taking the abusive and the alcohol away from it, just being the military itself. It's just so regimented. And then, you know, you, you say your stepfather was probably even more strict, but probably not, I don't want to call your dad an asshole, but probably not in an, in an asshole type of way. No, he was, he was rough at the shell. But once you really get to know, you know, my stepdad, he's phenomenal. I mean, I will never truly consider my real dad my dad anymore. You know, like, when my stepfather came in, I mean, he changed the whole ropes of me. You know, I was going. How old for, were you? Uh, when he came into my life, I was eleven. Oh, so I was at the stage where I've already been through hell. And God that. bless him. And then obviously I was on the verge of puberty, so mm -hmm. dealing with somebody that's been beaten his whole life and only known one lifestyle—it's—it's it's a culture change. I mean, yeah. So every day I give that man huge shout out. He is such an amazing father. He has raised a phenomenal man. And I could say that wholeheartedly because, honestly, like, he's the only person I'll sit there and reach out and be like, what can I do better as a father? What can I do better as a husband? What can I do better as a person? My right. real father? Don't even bother. He sent me a, w a wedding invitation, actually. It was pretty funny. 
hasn't talked to me in like a year, almost two years, because I tried to get back in touch with him. Didn't work out that great. And he sent me a wedding invitation, and he, you know, so I was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. So I checked his Facebook out and stuff, and I seen that, you know, he's talking about his new daughter and calling his daughter and stuff. I'm like, man. It could be tough. Ten and a half years. Yeah. Not a single paycheck for this. Granted, you know, my stepfather came in. He was full-fledged supporting us and everything like that. But all I think about is ten and a half years that it could have made my single mom's life that much easier. Right. And that's why, like, mothers, I give them so much more respect than people realize. Like, you know, they're our guardians. As much as we try not to say it, like, our fathers, yes, they're our guardians. But a mother's job is to not only make sure that we're good, but in every way possible, they're there to nurture us in a way that men can't physically or mentally. In theory, right? Yeah. I mean, because I actually had this conversation with my mother uh, a couple of days ago. She asked for updates on the family, and she knows pretty much what's going on in this house all the time. Because, I mean, I have a very small family. I don't have, I mean, I have cousins, but hardly any that I ever talked to. We just, our family always grew up away from everybody else. So she always knows what's going on in my life. And, you know, we both were talking about moms in general. She was telling me some horrible story. Um, not to t- turn this black, turn the story sideways, <laughs> but this woman was, um, she had, she was driving around with her back seat, back windshield, windshields in the front, right? Her black back, what the fuck is that in the back of your car? Just the back window? Back windshield, I guess you call it. Yeah, she or was, back she, window, back Yeah, window. she was We're driving just... around with the back window blown out and someone called the cops. And uh, there was, they found her six-year-old son dead in the trunk she had shot him she had lost a custody battle with the with the kid's father and so i i told her i go you know a a lot of times and this is not to counter what you just said but i said a lot of times and this this is what happened she was awarded custody because she's the mother and that's our judicial system is set up that way they say that the baby always needs to be with the mother the mother can provide this best support again not trying to counter what you said but, you know, the father was trying really hard. And of course, she takes the kid and fucking, you know, kills her kid. And I was like, man, you listen to all the stories. And how many stories of there were mothers losing their shit and killing their kids and then killing themselves? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, there's, there is in quite general, a yes. I think the, 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 the female are more nurturing in nature than us. We're kind of the hard, hard asses for sure. But yeah, there's, there's always going to be some sort of a weird, uh, I mean, as a dad, I mean, difference. we both can speak yeah. on that part. As dads, we always will have our soft spots. And that's the moments we cherish the most is because it's hard for us as men. It's not fully accepted sometimes to show our emotion. Of course. But as fathers, I don't care what anyone says. I will show my son as much love as possible. And that is to make sure that my son knows that he's loved. And he will grow up knowing that he had a father that cares 100%. Right. You don't want to be what your birth father was. Yeah. And that's, you know, how I live every day. Making sure you're not that. Not only that, being successful, something that, you know, my real father can't say. Well, I can tell you one thing. Do need to let people know about Anchor. Yeah, so if you're ever thinking about doing your own podcast, Charles, make sure you check Anchor out first. It doesn't cost you a damn penny. I will definitely be jumping on that. Um, Trying to reach out to people more, which people don't know. I'll be working with Gap at Garage doing a YouTube video interviewing people about their cars sounds fantastic um let's what what else don't we know the dark side of charles no you don't tell us the dark side board because i know you you right yeah. we talk you know you call me every once in a while and we have cool conversations you join one drink wednesday and i try to go to your events when i can admittedly i don't get out to hardly any events at all so if i don't show up to like you show six, up to my events at least i try yeah but I, I don't get out as much as i used to but i will probably be getting out more here in the next uh, few months or so. But, you know, I don't, what else don't I know about you? Because you've been here for, you've been on the scene for a while. And I've asked you this before. But I don't know if I've, I don't think I ever met you before. I've been here nine years now. And then all of a sudden within the last, what, two years? Yeah. Has it been two years? Uh, Three years, actually, technically, since I've known when, you. When did you, 
you and the other guy start doing the the big pop up meets or the big meets? Uh, that was officially it was in the pandemic a year and era. two months. Yeah, that's when you really started coming up on the scene. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's Charles. Charles. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, technically, I was still on the scene before that. If you remember clubs for a cause when the mass shootings happened in Texas, yep. Ohio, and stuff yep. like that, me and my old partner, we came together and organized this massive show together with a bunch of amazing people. Obviously, right. one auto was there. Um, Superior Image was there. There was a lot of great people. And, you know, that's that's essentially where us really started posting. How old are you now? Uh, I'm 24. So... That's also a lot of people don't realize. Like, people are always like, "Oh man, what are you thirty? I'm like, "No, no, you're young." Yeah. What's uh, what's seventeen year old Charles doing right now? Uh, seventeen year old Charles is probably driving a Silverado that is way too fast for his needs. Silverado. Yes. Tell us about it. Uh, so I used to have a, a 2005 Cat Eye Silverado. Um, originally it was an off-road Silverado, so I used to just full send through rivers and, right. I mean, I'm, you could imagine what the 17 year old will do with a Silverado. Absolutely. And then, you know, once I started getting a little older, I was like, wait, let me shift the focus. Cause this is a Fox racing Silverado. It was, you know, one of like 100 father gave it to me as a gift and, you know, I worked my ass off for it. So. You know, granted, you give a 17-year-old a truck with a 5.3, you know, engine, they're going to be, like, blowing it up, blowing differentials, transmissions. Sure. I went through it all. And then Not I, knowing or caring even about half that stuff. It's just about fun, 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 which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, at that point, I didn't That's have to pay for it. expensive, but right, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, once I wasn't paying for it, uh, I mean, when they weren't paying for it and I started to, I took a total shift with the truck, and that's when I realized I, like, going really fast. And that's when... Things started changing, and, you know, I put a 454 big block in it. I put a 2.3-liter mm-hmm. Whipple on it, you know, 200 shot of nitrous, and it was literally sitting about two inches off the ground, and it was a full race truck. And I think the top speed I got, the thing was 205 miles an hour. This isn't a vehicle that probably wasn't originally designed to go more than 110 miles an hour. <laughs> Definitely wasn't. I mean, it, it took a lot of work. Uh, and the guy that bought it for me, it was funny because this had no cats. This had no mufflers. It was just straight long tube headers down the titanium exhaust. You could imagine from there how loud it was. Right. And each tip was, you know, about three and a half, four inches. It was like GTR tips on a Silverado. Makes no sense. So that was here? Yeah, that was here. So, I mean, you're talking all this stuff, and I'm thinking to myself, how the hell did you get, did you not, did you have some sort of exclusion to have to get it registered or anything? Or did uh, you like swap the cats like every every time? Is so fun fact. We slid uh, some by twenty bucks. No, <laughs> well, for certain cars, yes, but not this one. Uh, this one I registered in Maricopa. Oh, okay. you don't have to pass a. I forgot about that. As long as you're on the right side of the tracks. So I'm not going to speci- you know specify that on the podcast, sure. but yeah, if you're on the right side People of the tracks in Maricopa. I mean, obviously, you can get a PO box for that and be fine. No, I forgot all about that. I have a I have a really good friend who uh, people have asked him to use his address. Yeah, you know, and I think that the law dogs are probably cracking down on that. I would think, but I think no, you can still not exploit from Maricopa. It. Not from not from the Copa. No, because I mean, Maricopa is full of you know rednecks and fast cars. It's the only it's way growing, to describe man. it. It's growing. Oh. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. We still got Karens. They hate, you know, 120 decibel Silverados that are blasting through their town. So. Yeah, I don't like loud vehicles. I think they're annoying for the most part. Um, with the, I mean, I can make exceptions. You know, if you have a, a V12 Lambo sitting there screaming at the light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you're really big on the two steps. Yeah. I Two steps are cool, and they're they're the coolest thing at car events, and they're the most annoying thing at car events as well. So, fun fact: uh, I actually don't really give a shit about two step. I just know that people enjoy it. it. brings the brings the people to the yard. So that's why my daily can two step, and not the race car. The race car is never going to two step. I hate to say it; it's hard to break people's hearts, but 
Because you need a specific tune for that, right? Yeah, it's not practical to get a right. two-step or a verbal tune. I'm sorry, but verbal tune, you lose power. I just is, that the, is that the popcorn machine sounding yes. thing when you're driving around? Yeah. Yeah. People yeah. don't know. They lose power doing that. Because you have to purposely run your car a little richer. Mm-hmm. Then you have to purposely tune it to that. It's it's not worth it. Like if you want to shoot flames, it's like the same deal, right? You have to like change. I don't, I don't know if it's richer rich. or leaner. Yeah. Rich? Rich. Yeah. Rich produces more gas. And then obviously when you're pushing more gas and you have a higher, you know, horsepower car, it just dumps out flames. Now, I will admit though, because the NSX was pretty fucking loud. But it was also pretty fast. But I loved when I'd get on it and I'd switch from first to second. Every once in a while, especially if I'm on E85, that flame ball comes out of the end. Oh, yeah. And it's like, hell yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I mean, there's a big difference between natural flames and then, oh, let me get that tune for the big flame, man. Like, no, there's a big gap. Such a big gap. Like a Lamborghini, without even getting a special tune, you could have that thing spitting flames bigger than most of these Volkswagen. Which is the number one most common car for two-step. Right. Yeah. Between Honda Civics that are just... And then you got, you know, your Volkswagens. Your little R32s or whatever, those old rabbits or hatchbacks or... Yeah, those things. Yeah, those things. <laughs> um, I will admit, though, when I had my car wrapped as a fighter jet, I really wanted... And I didn't look, look much into it, but in my mind... The fantasy would be to fly down the highway and fucking hit a button and just shoot blue afterburners out the back. You could have just got a, a flamethrower kit. I know. It just seems like it's it a spark risky. plug and, you know, you know, a simple But it wire. has to be blue flame. Well, yeah, you could do it's that. It's gas, right? It's like natural gas is blue. Well, fun fact. Also, you can get paste uh, that you put in your exhaust tips to actually Colorize. color it that way. Yep. Oh, look at that. So you could do pink, blue, green, any of those colors. I don't think anyone wants to see the infinity shooting flames, and I'm one of those says, people. Says who? I don't want to see who? the infinity. Come on. This shit's going to look funny as hell. It's got the V8, right? It does have the 5.0 liter V8. It does. Where did your um, your passion for cars come from? Uh, you remember? Was it a TV show? Was it just an, an event? Or just okay if you don't know. Was it Honestly, an where it kind of started, it's kind of corny, is Fast and Furious. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's millions of people who got involved because of Fast and Furious. Kind of corny, but yeah, I mean, that's really where it started. Uh, you know, obviously, I grew up watching Speed Racer and Maverick and stuff like that. Like, Wait, you're too young to have grown up watching Speed Racer. No. Like on Cartoon Network or something? No. Like, I used to have my... My parents had me watch stuff like that because my mom worked at NASCAR for a long time. Oh, there we go. Okay. Uh, which funny, I hate NASCAR. I don't care about another left turn. Hey, man, NASCAR is getting cooler and cooler. I had uh, Mamba Smith on here a couple months ago, and he's one of the the black dudes in NASCAR. So I thought it was pretty cool. So I started paying attention to it. That um, is pretty because cool. Of that. Um, yep. Actually, isn't he a resident in Arizona? I don't think Mamba Smith lives here. No. I forgot who it is. There is a NASCAR. Uh, there's a guy in Cali also who drives. Uh, oh, his name escapes me right now. I got an autograph thing from him, a military guy, but he's also. Uh, yeah, NASCAR that's who driver. I was thinking of. Yeah. He was in Arizona for a couple car shows. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, NASCAR, it, it's cool to an extent. Don't get me wrong. I love hearing I the hear cars you. just. Yeah. It's, it's easy to make fun of. It's cool, but then you all you think about is a bunch of rednecks and another laugh turn and like, you know, it's fun, but it's nothing like F1 or Formula Drift or... 100%. I mean, the best I one mean, to think about is Le Mans. It compares nothing to them. Le Mans. Le Mans. Le Mans. Um, yeah, I used to watch Formula One all the time, but right now I really don't watch any car stuff. I don't really pay attention to anything cars, believe it or not. The only thing I watch is Formula Drift, and, you know, Throttle kind of gave me that touchback. Shout out to Throttle. I got the Throttle hat right here. Shout out to Mr. Josh Benjamin. And Nadine. And Nadine. Yes. You can't forget her. You know, she's she, wasn't, a, she wasn't sitting where you're sitting right now. Josh was. She's a little spicy firecracker, so I had to make sure I threw her name out. You know? Yeah, she's, one day I'll meet her. <laughs> but, no, I mean, shout out to them because, I mean, I've never been so close to a Formula Drift event. I mean, literally as close as me and you are standing, 
as me in the car. That's close. Yeah. And granted, you know, I was getting painted in burnt rubber, but it's so cool. I don't need to be, I don't need to be that close. <laughs> um, but no, uh, back to what I was saying about getting into cars. Um, that's kind of where it started, you know, like started watching shows and then, you know, I started watching West Coast Customs and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's like, dang, like, man, it's cool. And then, you know, you got pin my ride. I kind of lost a little taste. It was not my. Hey, man, different strokes for different folks, but I feel you on that. It was a little too donk scene for yeah. me. Yeah. Like me, I was, it's all about either off-roading or going fast to the point where I can't breathe. Right. And, you know, that's kind of what got me started. But when I moved to Arizona, um, Jose, he was a really good friend of mine, you know. Like I said, recently he got murdered and Sorry not to easy that. to deal with. Yeah. Uh, but he was re- really got me into it. I mean, yeah, I've owned a couple cool cars. Uh, Chrysler 300, Silverado, that was absolutely balls of the wall. Lambo Killer BMW. And then now this BMW, I can't get away from With it. With a dent in the back. Yeah, freshly new, you know. Yeah. Making milestones as it drives. <laughs> but now, um, I don't know. It just kind of got me really into it. I think my last car that really opened up how much passion I had for cars, this is before I started, you know, the old brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a BMW 550i. Mm. I switched it to a single turbo. So I was sitting on a 76 millimeter turbo. You guys don't know it's a big ass turbo. So it was fun. I mean, I've never experienced a car going that fast. I mean, literally the fact that I got the nickname Lambo Killer with it obviously describes how fast the car was. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, going on a highway in Mexico, you know. Of course. Not, yeah. I yeah. mean, we're five, four and a half hours away from yeah, what, Rocky yeah. Point. So that's Mexico. Yeah. I mean, being able to experience a car going 180, 200, 220 miles an hour, you'll never be able to experience that unless you go to tracks. And even then, some of these tracks, you just will never be able to experience that unless you go to Mexico. What's your, um, what's your favorite Fast and Furious movie? Uh, I'd have to say Tokyo Drift. I have a thing it's for It's a very drifting. unpopular answer. Yeah. Why uh, do you think that is? I don't know. Everybody just kind of, you know, I'd say it, but they kind of just stroke fast too. Too Fast, Too Furious. No, oh, that movie was terrible. Everyone loves it. Because after, you know, Tokyo Drift, they kind of started losing the Fast and Furious scene. I mean, but not really. Because Fast and Furious was created originally based off of essentially a cop and robber theme. Yeah. Which people don't realize. They didn't really truly make it for us. But somehow we ended up loving it. And they're like, oh, wait, we can continue this. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. The correct answer is Fast Five. No. But. Fast Five. What? Dude, Fast Five is without question the most popular Fast and Furious movie. Probably for sellouts and stuff like that. I love Fast Five. Fast Five. and I I I mean, that's when they brought The Rock. I actually like Tokyo Drift. Um, I've always liked Tokyo Drift. How do you know? (laughs) But um, uh, Fast Five basically restored the franchise. Yeah, it did. Because Fast 4 was, let's be honest, it was yeah. kind of boring. Yep. It was like that intermediate scene of Harry Potter. you just like, what? Yeah, when you're flying through those caves in Mexico at God knows what speed and no one crashes, it's like, this is stupid. This it's is really dumb. I don't care how good of a driver you are. I mean, we're yeah. talking about the Fast Furious franchise. You can't see. You know what's funny is... Anything for family. I was in, uh, <laughs> was it Fast 6? Was it Fast 6? Is that, is that the one we lost, Paul? Yeah. Right. So everyone was leading up to Fast 6 wanting to know how they were going to wrap the story up, right? And there's a scene where Paul, is it Fast 6 or Fast 7? Which one did they land the vehicles? They jumped the vehicles out of the airplane and they land them on the dirt road all just facing the right direction except for uh, Roman's car. So that one, (laughs) which by the way, that's real. They actually launch cars out of an airplane. That's a fact. They didn't land like that. But that's the one. Tyrese did. (laughs) Yeah. That's the one where... um, where Brian is running up the bus as the bus falls off the cliff. Yeah. And he jumps, you know, and some woman behind me in the theater was like, oh, my God, that is so unreal. I was like. 
Then why are you watching it? Chick, you know what we're watching, right? You'd realize what this is, you know. I mean This is Fast and Furious. This is This is after Fast Five when they pulled a safe through the fucking city, right? It's like, okay, he doesn't get any that more bullshit crazy. than that. Right. <laughs> but well, it uh, does. The newest Fast and Furious where they, you know, took a car to you know, the space. space. That was a Fiero, I think, right? Yeah, it was. And that's on top of being chased by a submarine. Yeah, so it got it got worse. Like Hobbs and Shaw, they they should get worse. But Hobbs and Shaw is good. No, oh, that movie's so terrible, dude. That movie's what? so stupid. I love but it. But it's fun. But it's like a comic relief good. Yeah, because, the problem. Well, tell me why you like that movie. Uh, action mixed with comic, and then you got. Two powerhouses like Jason Statham yeah. and Dwayne Johnson. Right. You put those two together, I mean, it's that's better than John Cena and the rock fighting. I mean, come on. They're sitting there, I'll yeah. knock your big head, you know, stuff like that. I mean, it's it's comical. We're big Jason Statham fans around here. Uh, my wife loves the rock like it's Jason like, Statham. Like ninety nine percent of the other women out there. But um it, uh, I, I think when they introduced Idris Elba as like some sort of a en- enhanced human, yeah, I, was like, I mean, that I was, was like, oh my God, that's so dumb. I, would, when I you watched go, the movie, it was enjoyable to watch, but overall, I would have to say it's fucking stupid. When you think about his perspective, it was a spinoff from Fast and Furious, and they brought Super Soldier. You're like, all right, right. it's not Fast and Furious anymore, but it's still entertaining. I think if he wasn't it's a Super like, Soldier, if he was just some sort of a badass, I probably would have liked it more. Like, think about G.I. Joe. That's what it makes me think of, kind of. Because The Rock did really good in G.I. Joe. Roadblock. Like, people don't realize it. Like, G.I. Joe was pretty good. And, you know, me being, joined the army and stuff. Like, I, you know, I think G.I. Joe is pretty cool. You know, being a big badass with a snout nose. <laughs> um, When they killed Duke in the first few minutes of the movie. That was stupid. Yeah, uh, I'm like, what? Like, what the fuck just happened? Because I'm, I'm a G.I. Joe kid. I grew up in the 80s, so I used to watch G.I. Joe and Transformers back-to-back every fucking day. It felt like every day. But when you go back and you watch, there's a website I think you might enjoy. You're a little young, but based on this conversation, I think you'd really enjoy it. Or a YouTube channel. I haven't talked about it in a long time. It's called Toy Galaxy. Look up Toy Galaxy on YouTube and watch their videos. And you can put, like, uh, the, the whatever G.I. Joe or the real story of G.I. Joe, and it's, it's, it's a guy, his name's Dan Larson, he, pre- he presents it in a funny way, but you go back and you look at all this stuff from your childhood, and you're like, what do you mean I only had like 50 episodes? I swear I watched that every day after school for six years type of deal, you know, it's just, it's a lot of fun, man. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, though, I mean, episodes never truly end for us. They just continue in a different way. A fact about G.I. Joe is the whole thing was it was like a movie broken up into episodes. It wasn't it was it was a, a saga. So it was episodic. So one led to the next, led to the next, led to the next. It was like four or five of those split up into like twenty episodes. But you don't remember that because I always remember the to be continued at the you know, the cliffhangers on Friday. But then on Monday it's some random other episode. And you're like, uh like what the fuck? <laughs> what does that mean? Did Roadblock die or not? Like, what, what does this have to do with that? You know, it's just some crazy shit. Let's talk about clean enough. Yes. Officially. Enough. Officially for the podcast listeners that aren't in the area. So, fun fact about clean enough, a lot of people don't know, is clean enough was meant to give people a VIP lifestyle without a dollar sign with it. Essentially, you can come join, you know, Everybody with crazy cars. I mean, obviously you saw there was a lineup of GTRs, 458s. I mean, the whole goal is to have these high-end cars come out and still be willing to be around, you know, like Honda Beats and, you know, like the Subarus and stuff like that. Like, truthfully, I see such a good in-between where I created such a culture where people don't realize, but they're coming together as one. It's like Highline. Mm-hmm. And then adding the street scene. You put those two together, that's so badass. But why clean enough? Why the name clean enough? Uh, it's kind of a mentality. Uh, it's like having a show car. You always want to have your car clean enough. You know, if it's not clean enough, you know, people aren't going to look at it. You want to snap next on the way. So when I hear clean enough, though, it's like, look, man, I can't, I can't make it any better. That's clean enough. It is what it is. This is how, you, this is how I'm presenting myself. Yeah. I mean, I can see where you think about that, but 
You know, I try to make it as You're here to set the record straight. Yeah. I mean, essentially, I want to give people the mentality. Is it clean enough? And that's what I want to live by. Is it clean enough? Is it good enough for show? Like, no car is truly good enough, but it always will be as long as you work at it. If that makes sense. Explain. So, essentially, like. That's clean enough. Anyone that builds a car. Mm -hmm. I mean, you obviously built one yourself. Your car will never truly be finished, and that's why... The build is never complete. Exactly. And that's why it'll never be clean enough in our eyes, but to everybody else, it will be. And that's why I try to create that, you hmm. know, it's like, man, I'm not done with it. It's not good enough. And then someone walks up, man, that's clean enough. What are you talking about? Like, you know? Got it. It's kind of hyping somebody up to make them think, like, man, my car is clean enough. I can make it out there. I can be with the VIPs and the high rollers. But here's the deal, though, because I've gone to your your shows, and everybody's allowed there. So I don't want listeners to be, you know, misinformed or, or misunderstand what the message is. Yeah. Because if you have passion in your vehicle, don't worry about it. It's clean enough. You can get into the event. Yeah. You know, just have some passion, care about it. And it could be, uh, um, God, I forgot the guy's name. He's been on here. The Mad FA5, which I don't know what, what he's been up to lately, but he has basically like the Mad Max on the Civic. Remember that thing? Oh, my God. Yeah, I seen it at Fuel Fest uh, for the first time in a while. Right. It was a Fuel Fest. And, I mean, a lot of people are going to look at that and they're like, what the fuck is that? But then other people are going to look at it and say, holy shit, that is cool as fuck. Like, man, could you imagine driving that through a zombie apocalypse? <gasps> Absolutely, man. Like, so, that's it's clean enough, although it's never actually going to be <laughs> clean, I guess. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just really tried to make everyone accessible to the VIP lifestyle without paying for it. That's why my tickets will never be overpriced. Mm -hmm. It's not about that. It's giving people the experience that they're not going to have to pay $65, dollars $145 to get their car in a show. I mean, obviously, there's show cars and then there's meat cars. There's but, a difference. That's yes. a good. Uh, how, how would you differentiate the two? Because... I think it's important. I don't think we've ever talked about it before on this podcast, but there is a difference or there can be a difference. There's not always. Yeah. Difference. You could be one or you could be both. Or you could be one or the but, other. Yeah. Or you could be one or the other. Um, I mean, a lot of that breaks down to the meat cars. You could pull up to any meat. You could break a couple necks. You could break a couple hundred necks. But you know it's not 100% show quality or at least 50% or part of the way. Stance car is not show quality. It's meat quality. Wheels and stance, still not. It's meat. Still meat. You can register for a show, but don't get mad if you don't win. Yeah, or get declined for approval. I, I hate to say that word. I really hate declining people. But when it comes to show quality, you always want to have your car ready. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. Twisted Subline. He came out. Had his full-fledged trophy show set up, ready. Trunk open, LEDs everywhere. Gorgeous wrap that was reflective. Doors done. Trunk set up. That's a show car. It's a show car. I voted for it. So, Stan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And thank you, Jay, for also being a great judge. You kicked gotcha. ass. Um, but there's just such a big gap, and people forget that. A stance and wheels car. Is not a show car. It's a meat car. A car with, let's say, a JDM Legend. It's very particular how you go about it. Because obviously, if it's a rusted or a sun-faded Supra, you're not like, oh yeah, bring that in. It's meat quality. Because people will still break their necks for a Supra any day of the week. But it's not show quality. Like Adam that came out with his black Supra, I think is 100% show ready. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Adam Cha. Shout out to Adam Cha. Who's also a COVID survivor. He went through a bad battle. Mm -hmm. But man, it, it's an honor having that dude out anytime. He is the most humble person. He's cool, man. I know Adam. With the most badass Supra. I mean, seriously. If you ever listen to this, Adam, your Supra's all right. It's a fucking dime a dozen. Everybody's got an MK4 Super. You think you're cool with your TYP photography? Yeah. Your Yvonne McKay car? No, dude. <laughs> get out of here. 
I give him shit every opportunity. We give each other shit. I still love you, Adam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't lose. Yeah. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, it's just such a big gap. I mean, but in my meets and stuff like that, even in my shows, that's why I open such a big spectator area. People don't realize they're like, oh man, it's just for more money. I want more money. I'll charge more than five or 10 bucks to get it. Right. hundred percent. Cause I paid 15, $20 to go to a show. I think hot import nights was 30, which I didn't go because not I was like, including I'm not. the parking. Yeah. I was like, I ain't paying $30 to go to that fucking show. But I mean, that's not your show, but you're yeah. right. I mean, you will never find a show unless it's, you know, like 10 tr- category trophies and in a parking lot shows like that. Maybe you'll find $5 free spectators, stuff like that. But a show that I'm trying to host in the scale, I'm trying to bring it out to where AZ gets shut down and everyone comes to it. Right. And I'm not talking takeovers or stuff like that. I'm talking like legit. It's a it's a legit organized show. I mean, you know, I mean, Hot Import Nights was great back in the day. It kind of faded off. It's trying to come back. You have Tune Originals. You know, you have, uh, there's a few other traveling shows. Elite Tuner. IFO. IFO, uh, uh, but it's still like IFO is everywhere, yeah. you know, and, and then I could see clean enough being, doing that, you know, clean enough, California, clean enough, I don't know, Parsippany, New York, you know, uh, yeah. New Jersey, you know, something like that. Texas, stuff like that. Yeah, like, absolutely. Clean enough is meant for every car community, every car enthusiast. If you love cars and you drive your mom's minivan, but you still want to be there. You can I, bring it to the car meet. Yeah. <laughs> Any days a week, or you could bring in the spectator lot. Right. But here's yep. the thing. You will never have to pay extra to be in a certain area of the show. You will never have to pay extra to enjoy a show. Oh, like the, the VIP cars or whatever. Yeah, like, I don't care about that. Yeah. Obviously, you know, like, if I do, like, a show in a parking garage, there'll be different tiers. Sure. But I'll never sit there and try to break somebody's wallet. And let's be clear here. There's nothing wrong with, car events that do tear things out or say, Hey, if you want to be a, you know, we have to approve your car if you want to be, you know, front and center. Yeah. You know, Cause I know a lot of shows that are like that, but your show is not that there's a few other shows that aren't like that. They're all about inclusionism, not exclusionism. But obviously I'm still very aware of show quality. You versus have to be meat quality. Yeah. Because you don't want your st- clown though too, because you're right. There's somewhere in between cars and coffee, car meets, in car show competition is your vehicle. Yeah. And I mean, that's what we want. At the end of the day, we want to be able to show our car at a show. Mm-hmm. See that? Or we're going back crazy down the quarter mile or drifting it full fledged sideways. But we build it for a purpose. And I'll tell anybody that listens to this if you are building a car or thinking about a car, have a vision before you start it. Have a vision. Yeah. Because if you don't have a vision and you start going sideways this way, that way, You'll never truly finish a car and you'll never be happy with the build. Granted, you never will be anyways, but sure. you might as well have a vision instead of having to go, you know, three steps forward and two steps back. You can be content. That's for sure. Yeah. Right? It depends on how hardcore, because I know guys that they are diehard show guys and they will not go to a car meet. They will not go to cars and coffee. They won't even go to a car show unless there's money on the line. Oh yeah. And you know, it's just, it's a mentality game, especially in the show world. If you are not mentally ready to lose, then you're never truly ready to win. So what's next for Clean Enough? Where do you see Clean Enough going? Uh, we will definitely be hosting Cars and Coffee. I will be coming back with a lot more meets. Um, obviously, I'm getting permits for everything, making sure everything is legal, safe. I will be having extra staff working, bring that extra bit of safe environment. Family friendly. Obviously, I am working on two more shows for this year. But like I said, not going to be expensive. So don't worry. I'm not going to break your wallet. And I am a part of other shows that are coming. 3F. I'm part of 21st Century. Obviously, it's not my show. But I'm a part of it. Because I'm all about working with anybody. It's not about who's bigger, who's got the most followers, who's got the most money. In my eyes, Clean Enough was created give everybody badass meets and badass events. I mean, how many two-step competitions have you heard where it sounds like freaking total chaos, but total amazingness at once? I, I can't think of many. Not many. 
But yeah, definitely Cars and Coffee is coming up very soon. Want to get into some Q&A? Yeah. Always down for that. All right, let's get into some Q&A. Time for the Q&A segment, which is not sponsored by anyone. Um, But I have questions for you, Charles. This comes from Bob Marshall. Bob Chat Podcast up in Canada. I'm actually going to be recording, hopefully, in his studio in the next few weeks in Canada, outside of Toronto. I hate this fucking question. Bob, I'm going to kick you in the fucking balls when I see you for asking this stupid-ass question. If you had three wishes, what would you wish for? That's actually a good question. And one of them can't be more wishes. Well, obviously. Because everybody does that. I'm not Aladdin. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, honestly, the option to buy any car in the world. Well, you have the option to buy any car in the world right now, if you can afford it. There are certain cars you can't get On in Obtanium. the U.S. Um, probably. So, so that's one wish because wishes can be very specific. Okay. Uh, well, I definitely wish I could buy any car in the world endlessly. Like if you had fu money. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you wish you had fu money. Yeah. All right. Um, honestly, I, the other two wishes, I really don't care. As bad as it sounds, unless you will, you will in time. Yeah. Through age comes perspective. Right now, all you want is cars. You want a car. Well, no. See, my biggest thing is I want cars, but you know the one thing that matters to me the most is I have my son. So the other wishes, you can't beat having a son. The only thing I maybe I would wish is that my son's future is paid for. That's really it. And that comes from FU money. It does come from FU money. And your third wish? My third wish would be that my parents could have the dream house they want. Those are nice wishes, man. And Bo Jung asked, do you like board games? No. Why not? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, do you? Yeah. If you can get me on a game of Battleship or chess or something like that, like, I don't know why. Maybe it's because the ADHD, but I love playing games. What's your favorite board game? Chess. Is it? Yeah. It takes a lot of methodical thinking. It does. Me being ADHD and rapidly thinking, it helps. Because it slows me down a little. I'm more simple. I think I like, like Connect Four or Checkers. I wouldn't call them my favorite board game, but I don't know. That's a good question, though. Like, what's your favorite board game? Uh, listeners, next time I ask you to submit questions, someone needs to ask me what, what the favorite board game is instead of asking what's your three fucking wishes. PBJ or grilled cheese? PBJ. Why? I mean, I don't like grilled cheese. Just Get plain out. grilled cheese, just, you know. Get out. It's asking for constipation of the stomach. I think that original question, and it wasn't posed that way, was, you know, what would you rather have? And I think the correct answer, I love grilled cheese, but the correct answer is PB&J because you can make it, it's portable. Yeah. Grilled cheese, you have to specifically have certain things in order to make it. Peanut butter and jelly, you need a jar of jelly jar, peanut butter, and a loaf of bread. Yeah. I love peanut butter. You ever had uh, peanut butter and honey? No, I have not. Have you ever had almond peanut butter? So is it almond peanut butter or almond butter? It's almond butter technically, Charles. but it's like peanut butter. I haven't. Tastes good. Um, well, let me tell you something. So you don't like grilled cheese. Here's what you do. You take peanut butter, you take honey, you throw butter on the outside of the bread, and you make it like a grilled cheese sandwich. This is going to sound really weird, but there's times where I like grilled cheese with peanut butter. Um... <laughs> I think I've heard that before. I don't know that I would want that, but I mean, I would try. At this point, I would try just about anything. But I, what I hate is how people overcomplicate grilled cheese. I just like the sweet and salty. I want a little bit of bread. I want the cheese in the little sweet and salty balance of, of a grilled cheese sandwich. I don't need fucking Texas toast and yeah. some special cheese. No, cheese. give me a slice of American fucking craft cheese. Maybe two, maybe a thin slice of Oveda so it doesn't fall out all over the place. Give me the two thinnest pieces of bread possible because I only need the bread to hold the fucker. And I'm happy. Because let's be honest, we really don't care about the bread. We don't. We just want the consistency of the bread. Thank you. 
That's why it's like you go to the restaurant and now I'm triggered. You go to a restaurant and you see grilled cheese. It's like $14. I've never ordered it, but you see it. You see a picture of it and it's like Texas toast. It's like, who, well, what is that? Like, who fucking cares? I only care about Texas toast if it's for garlic bread. Yeah. That's about it. Or um, Texas toast can hit the curb. Or like really good French toast. Then you could use the thick Texas toast. Yes. But if you don't know what the hell you're doing, don't touch my Texas toast. So I grew up in Texas. We just called it toast. (laughs) No, I I I grew up in Texas, man. Let's see. uh, I have a question for you. What's the last movie you saw? Uh, Doctor Strange. I finally watched it. The new one. Oh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, What did you think? Uh, Me being a Marvel fan, I loved it. There was a couple things that I didn't like. Like the third eye CGI was... You can't love it and then say there's a couple things you didn't like. You could always love something and still hate it. I mean, that's called marriage. Shots fired. Ass shots fired. <laughs> she likes my shirts, though. Um, the third eye CGI was absolutely terrible. It reminded me of, like, you remember that orange that used to talk, that used to make it do that stupid Oh, that's weird, the filter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's true. Um, I... It looked like they used a Snapchat filter on his forehead. I don't know. I was, I was expecting so much. Like I, there was I love, a lot of missing Marvel. stuff that they hinted that they never put on there. Yeah, I just, but you're right. When it comes to the third eye, that to me, that I don't think it was terrible CGI. I just think it was so weird looking. Like we're just not used to that. I mean, in the comics, it's normal. Yeah, but it just. But it, only it, to the geeks of Marvel. I would have to go back. I need to see it again. I would have to I'd see because we were at the very bottom row, and we had the reclining chairs. Oh, so but even snack. then, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. He's doing the looking <laughs> up thing, and he's right. I looked left to right. My wife's like, it wasn't that bad. I was like, bullshit, it wasn't that bad. We're in the bottom fucking row. (laughs) So I want to go see it again from, I like sitting probably five or six from the top and right in the middle. I like sitting right close to the top, like the very top, but I always have to be at the edge. That's just my instincts. I have to be near an edge so I have a quick exit. But that's like my spot. If I cannot have that spot, I'm not watching that movie. But you're still up in... To a point where you can just kind of see the whole thing at once. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like going then to a sports game. I'll have to deal game. with some, you know, big old shack dude. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. You got to move back. Put your knees up. I don't know. I make sure I put my feet to where they, you know, don't even think about it. Just go the other way. Go get me triggered again. Go shack somebody else. <laughs> Charles, how can we find you? Uh, you can find me anywhere. Uh, almost. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, Twitter's being made, YouTube. As clean enough? At clean enough. So clean, then N-U-F-F. Sounds like three N's, but there's only two. Yeah. Clean enough. But if you actually pronounce it, it's clean enough. It's clean enough? Clean enough. Clean enough. Clean enough. There's no E. There's no extra N. Clean enough. Mr. Charles Warden, can I say your last name? Yeah, that's fine. All right, my podcast to do what I want. I mean, the news already said it. <laughs> Tell us about that real quick. Uh, what happened? <laughs> what didn't happen apparently to them? Uh, so you know, I was hosting a pop up garage meet, just trying to get the community together. For my listeners, can you tell them what a pop up garage meet is? Uh, it's kind of like an unsanctioned. You know, it's just throw an invite flyer. A bunch of people show up. There's always a possibility a pop-up gets shut down. That's why it's called pop-up. You pop up and disappear if you need to. Uh, so I was throwing a pop-up meet, just trying to get the community together. It was absolutely massive to the point where it took an hour and a half to get into the meet at one point. But before I go fully into detail about the meet, officers were there before the meet started. And we're sitting there chilling, you know, I talked to them a little bit. and. Why were officers there? Uh, they knew about the meet. I mean, they follow all of our social medias. They're full-fledged Paul Walkers out there. Yeah, to uh, keep the peace and make sure people aren't doing stupid shit, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what they do. I mean, that's their job. They mm-hmm. try to make sure stupid shit isn't happening like takeovers. 
which if you don't know what takeover is, it's a bunch oh, of knuckleheads know. with low IQ sitting in the middle of an intersection just doing burnouts. Right. But they were there the whole time. Meat goes on from 7 o'clock all the way to 10. Super smooth meat. No one was being stupid. Obviously, you get a few that try to rev. Whatever. I got it shut down immediately. Nobody did it after that point. And then the officers roll up about 15 deep. And I'm directing traffic out. Come. No questions asked. Arrest me. Take me away from the scene. And basically say I'm being detained for aiding and embedding. Bullshit. Exactly. And the only thing I was aiding and embedding is families coming out and having a good time. If that's aiding and embedding, then I'll fucking take it. So you had some races going on at your event, didn't you? Yeah, foot races. Right. <laughs> um, including little man foot races. Um, you know, I try to bring the kids involved. I try to make it not so much about my car is faster, my car is better. I try to make it an environment for people to enjoy. And, you know, we had kids coming out. And even after the event, the amount of people that tagged me with their kids with shirts and, you know, their kids next to cars with the biggest smile. That's why we do this. Right. We do this for people to bring their kids and be like, man, like, son, you see this? And then they could show their kids when they get older, like, man, look at this picture next to you. You know, you next to an RX-7. We don't got gas anymore, but man, that thing was such a sweet car to listen to just here. Like, that's what we live for. My little man, I bring him as much as I can. And I'll tell you what, my son, every time he hears a car, he just goes, oh, cars. Like, and you're not into putting children in danger, are you? No, hell no. As a father, I would never wish that upon anybody. And for the officers to ever, I mean, ever insinuate that. Yeah. Is infuriating. And you know what? The officer's there, there the whole time. He was there at my last one. And he even stated himself. It seems like such a good, fun environment. And I really hope that part is brought out because the lieutenant that came. The one that was on the news that was getting interviewed? Mr. Uh, Spitshine Forehead, yeah. Um, he was just painting this horrible, heinous picture of the car community, and it's not right. The car community is so much deeper than having the car and the power. The car community is so deep. It's like a family barbecue at the neighborhood. Right. We come together and we just want to enjoy it. Go to little vendors, enjoy the food vendors. I mean, that's what it's about. Like people forget that sometimes, but that's what it's truly about. We don't give a shit about takeovers. Nobody does. It's a toxic I can't even put it in words. It's so toxic to the community. It's not even funny. So what's, what has come of that? Uh, is there a court date? Does it get delayed? Like, what's the next step here with uh, Charles, the kingpin of the street scene? So, I'm on further notice. Hmm. Um, I got a great lawyer, Zach Ansel. He is absolutely amazing. Ansel Law. Shout out to Ansel Law. Um, from point A to point B. He knows about cars. He goes to shows. He goes to meets. He made sure he knew that he, I knew that, you know, he cares about the car community. That's the number one thing I want in a lawyer. If I know he knows about the scene, take my money. How can they care. fight for you if they don't get it, right? Yeah, exactly. They're going to be like, oh, well, you know, he's just a kid trying to host some meets for, no. No, I'm not just a kid trying to host meets. I am a man trying to take care of a community that has been pinned so badly from everyone. I just want to show them, you know, this different view. I mean, the clubs for a cause was a different view. You bring the car community together and we will come together for amazing things. Mass shootings, uh, homeless. I mean, you name it. The car community runs deeper than anybody. We're not some influencer. Oh, you know, check out this for my followers. No, our community, we're there for our community. And that includes everyone. 100%, man. That's why I, uh, That's why we like to show up at your shows on behalf of One Auto, uh, because if you weren't doing it right, I wouldn't be there. Oh, I know. And if you guys don't know about One Auto, they shout out to these care. guys. They don't give a fuck. Well, they may not, but I do 100%. It's One all that matters. Auto, One Auto is amazing. Thank you. Um, 
many of you guys don't know, but me and Jay, we, we've obviously built a good history between each other. And I've told him many times, one auto will forever hold a spot at my shows, my meets. They ask for it. They can have it. Appreciate you. They are, you know, the pinnacle of what the community started. People don't remember that, but one auto's they're a pinnacle to us in Arizona. Just wait. Just wait, man. Got big plans coming. Big plans coming. Well, you know, we're always side by side. 100%. Thanks, Charles, for coming through. We'll have to do it again. I'll see you at your next show or the next show that I'm able to attend. <laughs> Hopefully the next show. You'll know months in advance. I want to thank Charles, Warden of Clean Enough, for coming in the studio. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to the podcast. This is your first time listening to it. And then please go tell a friend about it. Leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or anyone who allows ratings. It actually means more than, than you would think it does. I also want to thank Wright Honda, Wright Toyota, Oil Online, Cell Shop, Wireless Services, Fountain Hills Motorsports, Patreon Business Support, Okuya Automotive, Out of Winter Garden, Florida, and Pell Construction of Caledonia, Michigan. If you're in a position to help the podcast upgrade, join the Patreon for as little as $3 a month to get access to bonus audio as well as show swag. Mark Stoneman, Catherine Cox, Eddie Ramos, Richard Graves, Byron Jones, Bojung, Alex Gamina, and Drew Bunkley. Thank you for being patrons. Want your name read? Financial support the show. It allows me to uh, upgrade my equipment, upgrade my studio. Not getting rich off of it. That's why I have a real job. You can email the show at hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. While supplies last, we do still have Hard Parking Podcast shirts. 100% of those proceeds will go to a local Wish Foundation for a small child. The shirts are sponsored by Right Honda and Right Toyota. Awesome shirts, high quality. Follow me on Instagram at jfinning, J-H-A-E-P-F-E-N-N-I-N-G. If I said that too fast, my name is on the podcast. Look at it. Or J Travels, J-H-A-E underscore Travels. Join the Hard Parking Violations Facebook group. Follow me on, please consider subscribing to the YouTube page, youtube.com, Hard Parking Podcast. I can't grow without you telling the world how great this show is. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. And by popular request, I will talk to you all next week from Ontario, Canada. Shut up!